I'm Dawn. And I'm Tracy. And we are Real Women. Hello, Dawn. Hello, good afternoon. How are you? I'm fabulous, actually. I'm, I'm going on holiday soon. In fact, I'll probably be away when this is actually aired. So I've, I've got pre-holiday fever. So jealous. You're going on like this world tour, lifetime cruise thing. I just, I'm just really jealous. But I am, yeah. I think it's six countries in 13 days. And last five days are all going up the Amazon in Brazil. And I'm going piranha fishing. Which I personally am not, I'm a bit nervous about, but well done you. (laughs) Um, I'm insured. But anyway, the reason that topic wasn't just a little conversation is because our guest today is a wonderful lady, uh, life coach, also invests in property. And the topic is blowing up your life at 40. And I guess I'm blowing mine up at 50, but let's go back a decade and welcome the lovely Stephanie Taylor. Hi, Tracy. It's great to be here. Hi, Dawn. Hi. So can you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell tell the audience a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so my life blew up over 40 and now I work with my sister and we're Sassy Sisters, certified life coaches, and we help women, ambitious leaders, to blow up their lives over 40. And what we mean by that, because it's sort of got that double meaning, which I love, it's about destruction, blowing things up, but also blowing things up in a good way, making things bigger and bolder. And I think one of the messages that we get as women is that as we age, we're to become invisible, start doing less, being less, having less. But this is the opposite of that. It's the antidote to that. It's blowing everything up so that as you age, your life gets bigger and better and your best years are always ahead of you. Oh, that's fabulous, isn't it? I think I'm, I'm, I'm going for being sassy at 60 and se- sassy at 70, I think. <laughs> well, it's incredible the women that, that pop up on my Instagram who are in their 70s and even beyond who are doing all that weight training and keeping themselves so fit, healthy and vibrant. And it's just such an inspiration to to all of us. And uh, we definitely want to be, we're, we're part of that inspiring women. So was this a big change, Stephanie, from your 20s and 30s into your 40s? Was this a big change for you? Yeah, it was, it was mammoth. I mean, my 20-year-old self would never even recognise me. She would just walk past me on the street uh, because uh, I, ha- I was a, a young single mom, and uh, for a time I was on benefits as well. And I really did not have a, a lot of confidence in myself Um and um, and then eventually, over many, many years, I got, you know, a, a degree part time and uh, some professional jobs. And then my son went to school and, um, you know, I eventually felt felt that I would found my feet and got myself into financial services as a contractor, which just felt incredible to me. And um, it was while I was doing that, that uh, the, the moment happened and it was just uh, my mum had telephoned me and she wasn't very well. And I didn't really give her very much time. I didn't give her the time she was looking for. And I sort of dashed her off the phone because I had more important things to do at work. And it was just so I was sitting there in the afternoon thinking about how that presentation had gone and that I'd been worried about in the morning when she called me. And I just thought, oh, I, I was congratulating myself, thinking, oh, yes, it went so well. Uh, you did so well, you, nothing to worry about. And then um, and then I just imagined mum just calling me in the morning 
and me dashing off the phone and having all of this other stuff that was so important at the bank. And that was just this thought I had to myself, oh, the bank would have been just fine without you and your mum won't. And in that moment, I just realised I wanted to be somebody who could be more flexible. I wanted to be able to be there for my mum and to have, you know, gone to Birmingham that day instead of um, doing what I was doing. I just realised I wasn't living in the way, if you'd have said to me, I'd have said, obviously, my family is much more important. But the way that I was actually living, that wasn't the way I was living. And um, and that gave me the confidence to try because the truth of it was when I uncovered it all, I was just petrified that business was for other people, property was for other people, and that I wouldn't be able to do it because I didn't have the skills that those people had. That it was some sort of magic fairy dust and I didn't have it. And it wasn't for people like me. Uh, but that gave me the sort of bravery and the courage to um, to go ahead and try something. And I think that's what's important in it. I mean, a lot of people end up going into business because they do get to that realisation that their life is not their own. They cannot pick and choose what to do, who to do it with, when to do it. And I think for a lot of people, courage is the one thing that might hold them back. Oh, absolutely. Because fear, it's, it's such a, it's so visceral. Because basically, it's your body's way of keeping you alive, which is its number one uh, goal and role. And that's why everybody who's listening to this will recognize that fear holds them back. Because for all of us, whenever we're doing anything that's going to take us to the next level of development, we have to go through that fear. And it's akin to leaving the cave. If we're safe and happy, kind of, in our current cave, we're keeping ourselves alive as far as our body is concerned. It's going to do everything possible to say, don't go out the cave, don't step out there, it's dangerous, <laughs> don't do it, whatever you do. But as as the old saying goes, all growth comes outside of your comfort zone. And I think especially for women, having the having the courage to step forward and just know that what your brain is telling you when it's scared is not the truth. You know, you get to uh, interrogate that and say, no, I still want to do this. Maybe it is a bit scary, but I'm not going to die if I try this. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's quite funny. I was chatting to somebody the other day. We were actually talking about the fear of heights. And the conclusion that we came to was actually nobody is afraid of heights. What they're afraid of is the fall because the height won't kill you. The fall will. And I think that's the same when we're, we're on that precipice of changing our lives, no matter what age you are. We're going to change our lives because you've realised that what you've got isn't working for you. You know, you're, you're basically living somebody else's dream or whatever. And you get that point of I'm going to go it on my own. And we're not afraid of going it on our own. We're afraid of failing if we do. I just found that an interesting concept where the fear is coming from. Yeah. And that's where it's coming from. Just your body wants to keep you alive and safe. And this feels dangerous. So it's just everything inside you is saying, don't do it, don't do it. Um, but um, what what I was going to say is that when you get over that in different aspects, because for a lot of the women we work with are very successful in their careers. So they've had those moments so many times in moving forward in their career. And now that's part of their comfort zone. Moving forward in their career is something that they can do. And they're ambitious in their career. They put energy into their career. But often for many women who are successful in their career are not putting the same time, attention and energy into what do I want for myself? Where do I want personally to be in three years, five years, 10 years? Whereas they would have those goals in their career wise. 
Yeah. So I can really align with this. And I think, I think, you know, uh, four children, uh, the business that I went into was a, a rollover of it, it's my, it was my husband's industry. Uh, I had just happened to see some holes in it and decided to start, oh. start, you know, my own thing in, in his world, if you like. Um, but none of that was to do with me. And then I can, my best friend, Dom, I can remember a few years ago um, on discovering that we were both perimenopausal and our children were, were sort of growing up and we sat on the phone laughing our heads off because we're like, oh, fuck, we don't we don't even have a hobby. So I was like, she was doing better than me. Um, she loved horses and she'd opened up a stable. So at least what she was doing was in line with with a passion of hers. And she also loves crafts and and she was she lives in Cornwall. So she turned one of the rooms into a little craft craft room and was going off to these little, you know, uh, and 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 selling that. And I was under pressure then because I was on my own. So I'm like, is my life just business and raising kids and housework and uh, like is that and and then and there was quite a lot of pressure. I would say this is probably early 40s. There was quite a lot of pressure then because I didn't know who all of that was. And when I hit 40, this is what I did when I turned 40. I was like, right, I've promised myself when I turn 40 years old, I'm going to ask myself, I'm going to do a recce. How happy, how happy am I here and here and here and here? And I decided to stop doing everything I wasn't happy with just for six months later when I'd been on a rebellion nobody else had done all of those things and then I had a year to catch up on all of the things that weren't done because I didn't do it and then I was really bitter and resentful about that. <laughs> as I've gone into my 50s I'm a bit more settled with that and uh, I'm writing my book and I I want to, I, I'd love to be an author I'd love to do some of those things that have got nothing to do with my business and my family and being a mom and being a wife and being Dawn that runs that company you know all of those things that I've identified with very successfully I've got a successful family I've got a successful business but 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 where where am I think the cost it costs us it costs me uh not losing myself but not um knowing you 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 forget don't you 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 give so much to other people and your business and your career and your family and your kids and blah blah blah, blah. uh you, somewhere along the line you lose the i lost the ability to identify what the fuck it was that was the rest of me who who would i have been had i not had children had i not got into that business and so i can really identify with that crossroads mm-hmm. um uh and 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 I've, it's probably taken me longer to figure out because we I well I just didn't know so presumably this is where the lovely Stephanie would step in and say let me help you blow up your life <laughs> yeah and do you know what most people are in the same position the reason is when you think of it we don't spend much time talking to ourselves so we don't know what we really think now it sounds silly but If I said to you, for example, Tracy's coming around or I'm coming around to yours or whatever, you're looking forward to it. Maybe you cook something or maybe we go out somewhere. We have something special to eat. I can't wait to listen to you, to hear everything that you've got to say. But if I'm on my own, I might not do that. I might not do anything special to eat. I might not not listen to myself. I will be on um, social media or podcasts or YouTube. 
So it's just really making that time to be a really good friend to yourself and actually listen to yourself and give yourself that space. Oh, and just pose the question and then let the answers percolate, not necessarily expecting an immediate answer, but letting the answers build up like, oh, what do I really enjoy doing? What would I like to do in the next year? Or where have I, where did I, what did I used to love doing that I'm no longer doing and I'd like to bring back? And um, one of the questions that I love to ask the people I work with that really focuses the mind, because some of these questions are really difficult for people to answer if they've never sort of thought about this before. And I was in the same boat a few years ago as well. So, but one of the questions that really helps people to figure out in, you know, an instant, see see if an answer comes up for you both, is if you knew that you only had one year left to live, because having that framing, it just focuses your mind instantly. Normally, when we ask our brains a question, it's just like, oh, well, we've got so many decades left. It just feels like it's infinite. But if you had only one year to live, what would you stop doing? And if you had one year to live, what would you start doing? And not everything will come up immediately. But often people get one or two answers that come up immediately that they can then think about. Sometimes they might not be able to stop or start those things immediately, but at least they've got the course of where they want to go. Do you know what you're uh, and I know that you're right, um, because that's exactly the uh, journey that that I had to go on. Um, If you'd have said to me, you know, some of those other questions I've I've been a mom since I was seventeen, uh, so uh, there wasn't anything before. Uh, do, do Do you know what I mean? It, it was yeah, yeah it, I was someone... really hard. But um, and actually, I'm I'm on chapter nine now of my book. But one of the things, in fact, in the first chapter that I deal with was that when my mom died, it it gave me a very um, profound difference in how I saw time, and so the theme throughout the whole book is based on. Uh, and actually with mom, um, she had 24 hours to, to before they before they made a decision as to whether they were going to withdraw care or not. And so that theme is 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 very profound for me because um it was that that kind of projected the the questions and and the and the and the journey you have to go through. Um and it is about considering time. Mm-hmm. And I think as we get older. Um, not only do we start burying, you know, our parents or aunties or, you know, older people in our lives, but I think as we get older, we do start to become aware of our mortality. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 you've got a choice there, haven't you? Uh, you either uh, do something or you don't. <laughs> yeah, because you can use that, that having a sense of mortality can be a positive thing as well as negative, because when you have that sense of mortality, you know that really nothing matters. A lot of the things that we used to focus on that are you to really worry about, we know that it doesn't matter. And so it gives you that sense of freedom of, I can do whatever I want, you know? And having that, the good part about having the sense of mortality is, it gives you that little bit of fire under your bum, a little bit of spark and energy to think, yeah, I'm gonna do this now. I'm not gonna put it off anymore. Did anything come up for you, Trace? Oh God, yeah. I mean, mine is I'd stop. I'd stop being as concerned about security, as in the roof of my head and paying the mortgage and all that stuff. 
And with a year to live, I'd sell the whole bloody lot. I'd buy a round the world ticket and I'd find loads of charities that had opportunities abroad to just go and work abroad. Yeah, I don't know, schools in Africa helping with issues on the on the globe in, I don't know, South America uh, and going out to help wildlife in Australia. I'd just travel the world helping you know, living by working with charities, but then taking some of the most amazing photography I've ever taken. So what fascinates me about that, Tracy, is you're you're in a you're in a comfortable enough position to not be worried about some of the brass tacks of finances. You could in theory do that. Could in theory do that, but I think there's a big difference between knowing I've got a year to live. and not knowing whether I've got a year or 20 years because you know if I sold everything I got today went off and did my own thing for a year worked for charity you know I've still got a son I've still got family and it I think there's a different mode that I wouldn't want to go and do that right now because I could have 20 years to live and what do I come back to so there is a balance in life. And I think, you know, I think the biggest thing is a lot of the time we focus, a lot of us can't answer the question of what we want. And I can't really answer that fully. What do I want in life? I can't answer it fully because I think as humans, we have a nature to go and say, well, I know what I don't want, but I'm not quite sure what I do want. But yeah, if I'd got a year to live, I wouldn't give a shit whether I've got a house to come back to or not, would I? Yeah, and I think it's it's so great because it shines a light on it because you get it out of your head. And sometimes you might we might be scared to write down what we really want because we think we can't have it or whatever. I think that's something that holds a lot of people back. But then now you know that, for example, you could say, oh, well, I could have a three month trip or I could exactly. go away for a month or, you know, there's all sorts of or in five years. This is what I would do. Or in 10 years, this is what I do. And then now this is what I would do. And I think it just creates that that all of those ideas whereby you're you're we're all consciously creating our lives. Now, as entrepreneurs, we do that to a point anyway. We are doing that. But it's just, as you said, Tracy, most of us don't know what we want. And that's what we really do within the Blow Up Your Life is we give people the gift of having that time for themselves, but having that curated questioning that really helps people to understand themselves better. I know my bucket list. I mean, it is now got, um, it's now got doing a photographic safari on it as a holiday. It's also got in, um, cause I've already said I'm going to semi retire in three years anyway, when I'm 60. So it's really got on there that when I'm 60 to do three months at a time where I go abroad, work with a charity, you know, live in a bloody tent with very little material things, but I have three months where I go do that. And then the house is still here when I come back. But there are still certain logistic things to deal with. You know, I've got got two cats. What do I do with two cats? Who's going to look after the house while I'm gone? You know, like it or not, we all of us have responsibilities that we could drop if we knew we only had a year to live, but not necessarily drop if we didn't know if how long we'd got left. Does that 
Yeah. Does that make any sense or is that a load of bollocks? I know, yeah. So, so Stephanie, what are the most common things that in, in your exposure to this, what are the most common things that we neglect about ourselves uh, and or have trouble implementing once we realise what we want to do? What, 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 what happens? I, I find a couple of things. Many people do want to travel and be adventurous and um, many people have an artistic side that they would like to bring out, such as um, painting, pottery, that, or something along creative that they've never done. They, they would love to sing, even if they're only learning to sing for themselves or not necessarily on stage. But people often have a creative side that they love to bring out or they, they have that travel side that they want to bring out and that adventurous side. Um, but I just wanted to mention one thing that I noticed about relationships because the, the how I talk about it is the three L's of love, listen, lead. So love is, first of all, to ourselves and just treating ourselves as an absolute best friend and just bringing an awareness to how we speak to ourselves often, especially for ambitious people, is quite harsh. And if you actually had somebody who was living in your house, who was talking to yourself, talking to you the way we talk to ourselves, you would have put them out. (laughs) So it's just, first of all, starting there, because actually, once you start from there, you just open up and blossom as well. So love is the first one. The second one we've already touched on is listen. And that's all about listening to your inner yearnings, your inner sparks, and give yourself chance, opportunity and time to open up and tell you what you want with no um, obligation to do anything about it, but just to know. And then the third one is lead. And leading is about leading your own life, um, uh, choosing, curating, creating the future self, creating the future that you arrive at in one year, five year or 10 years. So it's love, listen and lead. And when people don't do this, which for most of us is most people, um, because we're concentrating on all these other things which take up our attention, um, oftentimes when people have been in long-term relationships, they'll come to me and they'll say, do you know what, I, you know, I want to leave my husband. My husband's this or that or blah, blah, blah. And what it turns out over the time is because they don't love themselves, because resentment has built up because of what they're not doing and how they're not looking after their, themselves and their own needs, and we all have these manuals for other people about how they're to behave. And they never, because they're somebody else, we don't even behave all the time as we want to behave. And I think that when people invest in themselves and they do that love, listen and lead, they can more easily fall back in love with their partners. So I've had that quite happen quite often where people at the beginning say, do you know what, I want to leave my partner. And they go through this process and fall back in love with themselves, in love with their lives and also in love with their partners and you know what that's exactly that's exactly what happened I, I hadn't fall out, fallen out of love with myself um what I'd done is fallen out of love with my life mm. uh, and and had as we do quite well blame other people <laughs> of which in my case a lot of that fell on my husband's lap and that's not to say that he hadn't contributed. I think if he was here now, we would both sit here and go, yep, we were both fuckers. Yep, fact. But the the shift was in recognising that and then 
and then understanding that that was my responsibility. I hadn't, I can't blame someone else for how they disappointed me or whatever they, whatever you're feeling mm -hmm. and then got resentful about it because mm -hmm. actually I, I disappointed myself because I hadn't, I hadn't put my, mm, it's a difficult one, isn't it girls? Part of your, part of your wants and needs are you want to, to make sure your kids are good and your business is strong and all the rest. But there are, if you're, if that's not your love, if that wasn't your passion yourself and you've neglected all of that and that's all you're doing, as you say, resentment builds up, the relationship has consequences for that. Um, and, and, and actually every time since that, I think I came across that kind of uh, solution, uh, I don't know, maybe 2000 and, 16 17 something like that so um, I was in my 40s um I do that now if I'm pissy about something or getting resentful about something I go and do something that I love doing and it balances it balances the scales a little bit and then you're happier yourself and then you're less likely to be shitty with your husband and actually we I mean I I I we we decided we were going to leave each other that's actually the decision that we made and then three and a half minutes later we were like oh okay no we don't need to do that and we've gone on to 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 be really connected in a much better way so I thoroughly endorse everything that you're saying I actually that that's that was my experience so yeah it's great yeah, yeah. I think for some of us though we're we're actually doing something we love but some days things that go on around doing what we love means there is tedium. There are difficult days. There are harder days. But if we look, if we look at it, we're still doing what we love. It just always does. You know, there are times when what we love doesn't go as smoothly as what we imagined. I mean, it's like me. Yeah. You said, why didn't I just go do that now? Well, it's not just about the fact I don't know how long I've got to live. So what do I come back to? But it's also the fact that what I do for a business these days, I actually love. You know, I am so passionate about giving back to other women by showing them how to move ahead in property the way I have. I love doing that anyway. So that's why I say I'm only going to semi-retire because I'm not going to drop that completely. But I don't want to be doing, you know, I want to be able to turn around and say I'm going away for three months to a kibbutz in Canada and I'm going to you know, grow veggies and watch the sunset. But but I think for many of us is it's not always that our life is needs blowing up as in it needs complete destruction. It probably needs a reassessment. We probably are doing something we love, but not necessarily for the right person, i.e. we're doing it for a career rather than the business of our own. Maybe we're in a relationship that we love, but tedium set in, looking after the kids all the time set in, and we've forgotten that being in love isn't just about love for that family, it's love for each other. So sometimes for me, blowing up is actually tweaking and changing and resetting rather than just completely destroying and doing something completely new. Absolutely, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, but funnily enough... Blowing your life up at 40, right? If you think about it, they always say, you know, you get your midlife crisis in your 50s, but actually you're halfway through your life on average in your 40s. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's so amazing how quickly everything can change as well when you do it consciously, because I was definitely just on the 
you know, going round of life, I wasn't really consciously creating anything. I was doing okay in my career, had a nice home life. I was single at that time. And I suppose that made me also reassess. Um, but um, I then, you know, went from working in a job. Well, it, even though it was a contractor role, it was similar to having a job. And because I had to go to the bank to to do it. But then when, when we went into property, we started off in property management, as Dawn said, with rent to rent. And then we went into buying and developing properties. And I remember one time, I was standing outside a property that we'd bought and it was 12 flats and um, it was opposite a cathedral. Well, it is opposite a cathedral, four stories. And one of the neighbours who was part of the cathedral um, was talking to the builder, asking what, what, what he was doing with the shop on the front. So I joined in the conversation and says, oh, we hadn't decided, you know, what to do with the shop on the front. Anyway, her face just absolutely fell because <laughs> she could not believe that I owned this building. And I just thought, wow, that's, I can't believe it either. I just thought it's such, it's such a difference. And another time we, 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 one of the other properties we bought, it was a commercial property and we managed a development to turn it into four flats. And again, it's just mind boggling that a few years before, I didn't even want to manage, I didn't even know what HMOs were, houses of multiple occupation, but I didn't even know what that meant a few years before that. So it's crazy how things can change in a relatively uh, short period of time once you, uh, you know, focus on this uh, love lesson and lead. Yeah, and it's it's quite interesting as well, though, because some people, and I know this certainly from people that I teach and who I've seen go through property, some people get this false sense of, you know, this is this is a surefire thing. Everything's going to go hunky-dory. Everything's going to be perfect. Nothing in life is perfect. You know, life as a human being was never meant to be an easy, easy ride. It's how we manage it. It's how we handle it. But yeah, you know, I see some people that they get a deal and it's like, can't believe I'm doing this deal. This is great. Oh, but it's not what I thought it was going to be. I didn't realise it would take this much hard work you know, welcome to the world of property and well, growing your own business. It's not always a breeze, is it? But but is that not the same philosophy from a philosophical point of view? And and uh, Stephanie, you're the expert, so it, you know you can shine your light. But is that not presumably what you're doing, Stephanie? Is highlighting the questions because you don't know what you don't know. So if somebody can guide you to ask some questions. All you know is you're dissatisfied. But then it's giving you the life tools. Uh, property is, is volatile and it's hard, but so are relationships, so yep. are bringing up children. So, so I, it, I, I really love, Tracy, that you've brought that point up because it's people like Stephanie uh, who can then give people the tools to manage those expectations, be it you want a relationship or you want a different career or you want a side hustle or you want to go off and in your Jesus sandals and your hair scrape back and hug a tree somewhere. Like it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what your blow up version is. There are going to be challenges in that. Do you find Stephanie that, um, so we, we know that people are scared. Firstly, they don't know what they want. Then when they do what they want, do know what they want, they're perhaps scared to do it. And then they do need the tools to be able to face challenges in pursuing their wants and goals and dreams. But I suspect, and I wonder what your view is, I suspect when you get a 40 slash 50 year old woman who's finally 
found a pathway to empower herself that we're like a demon, <laughs> like a, I've given my life for the last 40 years over my dead bodies. This is not going to happen. Do you find that, that that's where the empowerment is? Is that what it leads to or? Well, I think it's a mixture. So one day you're like that, and the next day you're like, oh, I'm, I'm so rubbish. Oh, I, I should never have thought I could do this. So it's a total mixture. So I love what you both said, actually, but Tracy, you were saying nothing is easy, and Dawn, you said something similar, which one of the biggest myths and one of the reasons people get so depressed and down is this belief that we should always be happy. And that is not the case especially for people who are growth oriented. When you're growing, you're always leaving the cave. Anything could happen. And you're always putting yourself through growth experiences, which are painful and pleasurable. And we go through that the painfulness so that we can seek out, you know, the pleasure on the other side. So what I uh, talk to people and say is life is 50-50, but you get to choose what 50-50 you have. So... For example, if, you know, some people might be um, struggling for money, but not want to do something that they could do to earn money. Maybe it's a skill they already have that they could easily monetize, but they're choosing not to do so. So their their 50-50 is the 50-50 of being broke um, and, and not doing anything about it. And then somebody else might create a really successful business with the same skill set, if not less. But their 50-50 is having a successful business and the 50-50 of running a successful business. So you have a, a great life in some ways and you have challenges in other ways, but they're different challenges. And so for the people who choose the challenges of business, I much prefer the challenges of business than the challenges of being broke. And uh, I love this world. So even on the down days, like that, what that, that um, development that, that I told you about, were newer in development and it wasn't easy and it was through lockdown and the development should have taken three months and it took a lot longer and the refinancing took a lot longer and um but I always feel delighted and um not delighted in the moment but I always feel so pleased that this is the path we're on and this is the problems that we get yeah sometimes problems are welcomed because it means we are growing and it means we're also having that element of, you know, your ultimate destination can be a fairy tale, but it isn't always fairy tales on the road to getting there. Yeah. And even once you get there. Um, and one of the other things is it really, the way that we experience what the world is really determined by the way we think about it. And that is such a, re a release as well, because you could have, you could get exactly what you want and still be as dissatisfied with life as you are before you get it. Because unless we can practice in the moment right now, it, it, being grateful for all of the uh, things that we already have, we're still going to feel dissatisfied. If we practice being dissatisfied now, we're still going to feel dissatisfied when we get to this excuse me, inverted commas, destination. So it's really important also to practice being grateful, you know, for the relationships that we've chosen, for the job that we may not like that we've chosen that's paying us, for the, the home that we have and everything. Um, just having that gratitude now, it really helps us when we, in inverted commas, arrive. Yeah, I've always said, be grateful for what you have and stop getting pissy about what you don't have because you can change the latter 
But if you have nothing, it's harder to change. But a lot of people don't do that. They're like, they'll focus on the things that aren't quite right instead of going, well, I can change this, but I'm also at the same time grateful for that. Yeah. And it's easier to move forward from gratitude. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, quite interesting. So what's been the biggest change for you then, Stephanie, from 20s and 30s to 40s? I just think how, well, just understanding how to use my mind. I used to, I used to believe all the rubbish that my brain told me, you're not good enough. Um, you're, you're not clever enough. Um, no one will want you. Um, you're so stupid. I used to believe all these things, but now I just realize your brain comes up with all sorts of random thoughts and you can just say, oh, that's not true. <laughs> you can just give them, you know, not very much time and, 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 and begin to consciously change them. So that that's the one thing. The the second thing is that just having been comfortable financially and from having to worry about not having enough money to now having to concern myself with the structure of our companies, how to leave um how to leave properties in trust, um, how to navigate tax, how to buy a car within the business. Should it be an LLP or should we buy an electric car and buy it through a limited company? Now you've got money. Pro- now you've got money. You've got the problems that money bring, right? But aren't they aren't they brilliant challenges to have? You know, shall I buy the electric car in the company or have an LLP? Is a way better problem than how am I going to put food on my table next week? I know which ones I'd rather be stressing about. And I'm about to have a total identity crisis because I've always thought of myself as not being a car person. I've never had a snazzy car. I'm currently driving, and I know that many people will be horrified. Although there's nothing wrong with them, I chose this car and this and Duke and the two cars that we're that I'm considering at the moment is um if it's electric it'll be a Porsche Taycan and if it's a petrol it'd be a Jaguar F-Type so I'm gonna have a total identity crisis when I go from my Nissan Duke into a Jaguar F-Type no you're not Stephanie you're gonna put on you this is what I this me personally you put on your Chanel glasses, you put <laughs> your lips glitched, you turn your music up, you wind your window down, and you're the queen for the day. And it's yeah. as simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that interesting that as we as we go through uh um as we elevate, be it personal, professional, financial, or whatever, moving into that success. It, it's the moving into the success that can sometimes uh, create some fear. And and I, I mean, my car, the car I've got now is the most expensive car I've ever bought. It's a ridiculous purchase. It was entirely indulgent. It, it's eight miles per gallon. You know, it's ridiculous. And I absolutely shit myself. And I can't remember. I don't do shit myself. I can't remember the last time I shit myself prior to buying a car but it was as you say it's like as you move into those things I think think we we fear failure but we also it's uncomfortable moving into those success platforms because then what does do we do what does that say about us and and I think it's really sad that that we are gun shy and I think women probably are more guilty of this you know actually 
going, yeah, worked hard, got this, or yeah, hot husband, hot boyfriend. Like, like, you know, we I think I think we're a little bit modest. And I think being English and female, you know, the whole English modest thing. Um, and then you start to discover, well, I, I thought I wanted to be successful at that, and now I've got the choices to do that. Oh, I'm resisting. And then you realise it's you that holds yourself back, not actually the possibility. Entirely. Well, of course, now I'm totally curious, and I'm sure the listeners are the same, but what, what car is it, Dawn, that you got? I bought a, a Bentley Continental. Ooh, wow. But um, prior to that, I, see, I'm not a car person either, at all, not at all. And I'd got a Jeep. I love Jeeps. Jeeps are brilliant. Um, but and why I loved my Jeep that I'd got and my husband kept saying to me it's embarrassing what you're driving doors stop it but I loved my Jeep because um, when I I could chuck the kids and the dog and the football boots and then they kind of grew up a bit and then I still loved the Jeep because I'd bashed it significantly enough that if I carried if I bashed it again nobody cared it didn't matter and so it was a real uh, but but I I, I, you know so um, this is actually what happened. And I love this story. Uh, H was giving me a hard time about it and saying it was embarrassing. Um, but I couldn't tell him what I wanted. And my, one of my best friends, Jeremy, uh, I said to Jeremy, oh, for fuck's sake, I've got to buy a new car. You've got a car for it. Can you just sort it out for me? And he said, what kind of car do you want? I said, oh, I don't bloody know. He said, how much do you want to spend? I don't know, seven or 10 grand. I mean, obviously that the budget went slightly <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you you blew up the budget I with that one. <laughs> Jeremy had got actually Jeremy's got two Bentleys, and so he then said, "This is a really profound question, and I will never forget it." He said to me, "If you won the lottery, what would your lottery car be?" So I said, "Oh, you've got my lottery car. I'd buy a Bentley." And then he said, "What if you never win the lottery?" And there, so 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 yeah. That's actually what happened, uh, but I shit myself because I'd I felt I felt I knew it was an indulgent purchase, um, but now I think I'm glorious when I'm driving it. I think I'm absolute. I'm an absolute superstar. Obviously, isn't it funny with the, that story though? Because you know we we spoke earlier about you know we want to be successful, but we're afraid we're not good enough and all of this lot. And then we get successful and we want to go out and have the material things that success will allow us. And we go, but what will everybody think of me? Do you know? I literally said, "Now I crazy. I live on an on. I don't live in a horrible." area I've got a detached house with a drive that can fit maybe four car like it's not like I'm in you know I'm all right uh and the first thing that came out of my mouth to Jeremy was when we discovered that there were I could I possibly could buy one was that's ridiculous well I I I, I can't have a Bentley on my drive I live in a normal street literally that other hatch and, and and I mean you girls know me more that's not I'm not typically that way I am more I don't care most of the time, but being pushed to a threshold where my uh, uh, beliefs came in and it was conflicting as I, I don't think I'm not worth it. Of course I'm worth it. But even feeling worth it, some of those aspects were thrown into the pot. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We've all got that success thermostat and it's really deep rooted inside us that we will hold ourselves back. So for example, if I said to you, um, okay, 
whatever you're earning now, what about if you were earning a million pounds? And you might go, yeah, yeah, no problem. 10 million, 100 million, a billion. You know, at some point during that, you start to feel uncomfortable. And that's where your success thermostat is. And we've all got one. And so I found that I've been bucking up against it just with buying this. I haven't even bought it yet, um, but just with, uh, you know, starting to buy it. My sister got a new, she's got hers now. She got a Tesla. So she did buy hers through our business. And um, it's a Model S, beautiful, beautiful car. So I've been in it and I, I just get that feeling when I even went. <laughs> because, um, so, so yeah, we all have to work on this. Um, if we're growing, if we're increasing to the next level. And I know that people just automatically assume, well, I wouldn't be like that. If you can't take the car, I'll, I'll have it of you. But I promise we all have. Yeah. that success thermostat set at a particular level. I absolutely love that phrase and I'm going to steal it, but I will credit it to you. Um, it's such a succinct way of describing uh, uh, that we all have a thermostat, a success thermostat. That's just a marvellous representation uh, uh, and the golden nugget for anybody listening to this, Stephanie, I think would be to consider what our success thermostats are I think that that's especially if you're I mean your demographic your target you talk to successful women who already are have success but in one area or another where does that thermostat start to get a bit too hot to handle <laughs> yes yeah and I think that's, that's an absolute golden nugget that is it's brilliant but it's there isn't it we've all got different we've all got different blueprints on money, on life, and sometimes that, you know, that bites us in the bum because sometimes we'll be so low down on that threshold that it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm broke, I want to earn more than this. But then as we start to move to that direction, we get to a level where it's like, this is obscene, what are gonna, people going to think of me? And I think ultimately it comes back to what we spoke of at the beginning, you know, the fact that we have this voice in our head, this alter ego, so to speak, whose whose job it is to keep us safe. When we're broke and we don't have enough money, it, we want to be safe. So we're worried about any risks we take to, to get further ahead. But then when we get successful, it also wants to keep us safe. And it doesn't want you out there on your own with people not loving you anymore because you've got too big for your boots. So ultimately, to me, there's this there's this sort of box that it almost keeps us in. Don't want to go too low to that side or too far to the left. But at the same time, I don't want to take you too far to the right because then nobody's going to want to talk to you and then you'll be lonely. And we live within that box. But we can break out of it yeah. if we want to. I mean, people, if they're happy in their box, then that's absolutely fine. But we can break out of it. And the way to break out of it is just to actually reassure your your subconscious. That's your subconscious mind. Some people like to think of it, or I like to think of it as, you know, in our case as women, our little girl is petrified. So even though logically we know this car is okay for me, that little girl inside says this car is not for you. And she's actually very powerful because 80% of the things, the actions you take, you don't even think they're automated actions based on that software that's running. So we have to interrupt that little girl software and, but through a loving way, loving her, listening to all the concerns that she has and then reassuring. And then that allows her to expand so that both of you 
are then on the same page. And then maybe next time that, that then you're raising the roof, but there will be a time when we're going to hit on that roof again. And I, then love, we- I love everything you said. And I really love that you've moved into a space, Stephanie, where you're able to help women. And what I love more about that is that you've recognised that even successful women do have uh, 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 untapped territory where mm. they're, um, which is not making them fulfilled. So okay. as we wrap up now, have you got a top tip for anybody out there who is a successful woman at work? Uh, you've hit the milestone of 40 or perhaps gone a little bit past it. You're feeling a little bit unfulfilled other than the fact that they can contact you and we'll put all of your uh, links in the show notes. But what is your top tip if somebody is feeling unfulfilled in that circumstance? Yeah, totally. It's to um, give yourself some space and time. And the mantra that I stepped into as I first began doing this work a few years ago is believe bigger, be bolder, be a game changer. And believe bigger is what we've talked about. Uh, Having that bigger belief about yourself, what is possible for you, and considering things that you would really love to do that are, quote unquote, impossible. I love helping people to realise their impossible dreams. So believe bigger is number one. Then be bolder is number two, because as we've talked about as well, We're often terrified of doing it for ourselves, but we're also terrified of what other people are going to say. What if we start a business and then it doesn't work and will people laugh at us? What if our family think we've now gone too big for our boots? So being bolder is about stepping into those bigger beliefs and actually allowing yourself to take action from there, being bolder. And being a game changer is the final one. And this is about you get to change the game in your life, in your family's life, in your community, and in the wider world. As you have more assets at your disposal, you're able to give more, to create more. And that's all about um, being a game changer. So believe bigger, be bolder, be a game changer. I love, I love that. that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's going in the title. That's going. <laughs> Blowing your life up at 40. Believe bigger, be bolder, be a game changer. Oh, amazing. Fabulous. And if people do want to do this, I'll just say that we do have um, a a call. You can book a free call with myself, with me, and it's at blowupyourlife.com. Perfect. Thank you. And we will put all of those links in the show notes. Stephanie, as usual, um, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. We need to have a catch up because I need to know. On the, I need to know. We we need to know about the sex side of things. That's what we yes. need. We will save that. <laughs> we will save that for a one for a personal call. Um, say hello to your sister. Her sister is like, oh, you and your sister are just phenomenal. I love. I you know such strong women. And as per usual, we like to recognise and and uplift strong, beautiful, brilliant women. So uh, with that, it is goodbye from me. And it's thank you very much, Stephanie, for being with us. Thank you. It's been amazing to be with you. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you for your company. And to share your spandex and stiletto stories with us, tag at Real Women Podcast on Instagram. <laughs>